Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. Have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com and welcome into the show. Everyone, we appreciate you. We are live in the call in app. Some of you are still stuck in the Stone Age, which is great listening to this podcast on Apple or Spotify. But you can join us every weekday morning right here at 10 a.m. Central Time. You can interact with us. You can DM us during the show. Uh, Hell, there's even the possibility you can call in to this show and we can talk to some of our listeners. And I think that we might try it out for the first time on Friday. Stay tuned for that one. But today, Big Country and I are going to go through a lot of the NFL, what happened yesterday, what's going to happen tonight with the Rams and the Cardinals, uh, the Bucks, the Bills, Urban Meyer, all that, plus a lot of college football and a new little segment that we're going to try out, trying out some more segments today. We're going to go Matchmaker Monday where we're giving teams and players just a, a great little matchup, things that make sense to us in our brain. Yeah, and uh, it was an exciting weekend. It was a fun weekend of football. I felt like the last couple of weekends were pretty boring, and it's more of just outside the Chiefs. Some people might be like, okay, well, you're just being a Chiefs fan. No, I felt like the NFL has been very just like it has been. the last couple of weeks. But this Sunday was fun. There were a lot of good games. I mean, the Bills-Buccaneers uh, game is replays on our TV right now, and watching that game, I thought Buffalo was Done for. I know we'll get into a little bit later, but again, it's just one of those deals where the NFL was fun again this weekend, and it was nice, but plenty of stuff to get into. Yeah. Uh, How about we do start right there with the old Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, I've been a little bit hesitant to use the word back. I've Mm -hmm. been burned by that word a million times. To (laughs) It can't even hurt me anymore, but a lot of people have been talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and kind of waiting for them to be back and to kind of be the front runners of the AFC. I've been hesitant. Like I said, I even, my dad came over this weekend and he was asking me how the chiefs were playing. By the way, he, yeah, is not what? A, he does not know football. <laughs> I, he, there's no way in hell he can name all 32 NFL teams. Love him to I, death. I did not get this passion for sports from my old man, but he was asking me how the chiefs were doing. And he said, he sounds like they're winning again. I said, yeah, pop, they, they are winning again, but they've been beating up on some really bad teams. And I, I swear, by the time we are done having this conversation, the Chiefs are up 21 to nothing. And yeah. he's looking at me like I'm an idiot, like, hey, they are <laughs> killing the Raiders right now. <laughs> yeah, are you sure you're the one that should be talking about sports? But I'm feeling a little bit more confident now with the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think the Raiders are a good football team. But when you beat a team like that, I think it says a lot about your team. And I do think that they're getting a little bit of their confidence back. And, you know, also, thank you to the Raiders. Thank you for going and standing on the logo at 50 under. Because I really do feel like that made a big difference in this game. And I don't know at what point the Chiefs found out that it happened. But they were able to put it on the Raiders. So I thought that was a good game for the Chiefs. And now I will safely say that I do think that they're back. The offense looks very good. And that's an NFL team that they're playing on Sunday. So I don't care if they're good or bad. You put 48 on anyone, that's a good sign for your offense. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I'm right there with you. Um, I was on my way back from St. Louis to visit friends from college. So I had to watch the Chiefs game while on the road. I stopped at a gas station to go to the bathroom right before the game started. 
So I didn't have to have any bathroom breaks while on the road during the game. Which is about, what, a five-hour drive? Yeah, a good four-and-a-half-hour drive. We do not live close to St. Louis. No, no, we do not. <laughs> um, but, again, it was one of those deals where the moment I go into the bathroom and I come back, that's where the Raiders had been standing on the field. And it was like, what in the world? Like, why did they do this? And I had a buddy message me like, hey, big country, did you see that? I was like, I did not what happened. And then I pull up Twitter real quick before I get back on the road. And sure enough, the Raiders had danced on the logo. And I think it was right before the game officially kicked off. So every single member of the Chiefs team watched them just huddle up there. Well, here's the funny thing about it, though, is the Chiefs were actually in the locker room when they did it. So they didn't oh. even like the Raiders didn't even do it while the Chiefs were out there. Yeah, they're smarter than that. <laughs> Chris like, Jones would have come barreling in. I know that we're Chiefs fans, but I don't want to come off as biased. I I actually kind of like the Raiders, but like you have to do it when the other team's out there. Yeah, you can't do it when they're safely back in the locker room. I guess I didn't realize they were in the locker room again. Yeah. I'm on the road, so I totally missed that. Yeah, story, if but... you're gonna be disrespectful. Do it to my face, not <laughs> not when I'm away. You know, don't talk shit on me online. Say it to my face. Say it with your chest. But that's how, just how the Raiders are. Like, they're going to win, like, victory lap. It's like, we're yeah. not going to celebrate on the field. We'll go do it somewhere else. I mean, same thing. Just, you're not going to be here. But everything you said to the Chiefs-Raiders game is exactly correct. And there were a lot of bright spots on the offense. I mean, the running game looked like it was back and efficient. The passing game, Mahomes was hitting McCole Hardman deep. He hit Tyreek Hill deep. Travis Kelsey did not have the type of game that we would all expect him to have against the Raiders. It was a kind of a quiet day for him, except for one play. But the defense, I think we've all kind of questioned, you know, we've seen the stats of like they've held opponents, you know, under 10 points here. It's like nine points, nine points, 14 points, 13 points. And then you play the Raiders and you hold them to under, you know, a certain amount as well. And it's, holy smokes, this defense is legit right now. Like this is something that we can look at and, fear in Melvin Ingram who would have thought that this dude would be the difference maker in the middle of the season what an addition that was yeah and uh how about your guy you called it Josh Gordon hey hey, one touchdown touchdown. (laughs) it's been three weeks you know (laughs) you have this definition of what is going off uh for Josh Gordon and I'll tell you catching the touchdown I'll count it yeah I'll count that as going off and I think, the, I think the broadcast said this, but I completely agree with it too. Of that play called for any receiver in that offense, and it was like, let's just give Josh Gordon the look. Like we feel bad for the guy. Like honestly, his big ass should have been blocking. Yeah, <laughs> that should go to like McCole. The other thing is like, let's run that play in the middle of the field and just have him run somebody over. Like you want to talk about being back? Nothing uh-huh. gets you back and ready to go than running over another individual. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. But it is, it's nice. I, I know that a lot of Chiefs fans have been waiting for it mm-hmm. to see what would happen and when he would be uh, involved in the offense. So there you go. You get a touchdown for him this week. I, man, obviously, two Chiefs fans, very happy to see it. I will also say hats off to Hunter Renfro, who went off for 13 catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. I love that little bastard. <laughs> I don't even care if he's catching balls against the Kansas City Chiefs. I like seeing him go off, and he did on Sunday too. So, again, hats off to him. Love to see that one. Another game, uh, that 3 o'clock kickoff game for us. Uh, it was it was a wonderful Saturday, or sorry, Sunday of football because I got to sit and watch the Bills and the Bucks, and that was a game that was definitely exciting. And trying to figure out who the Buffalo Bills are. I know last week we did our good, bad teams. And I put the Bills in there as a team that I thought could win the Super Bowl. I think I'm going to change my mind on that, though. Like, if, yeah. I, if we did it again, I don't know if the Bills are good enough to 
to win the Super Bowl. They're sitting there at seven and six right now, and they really just they don't seem like they have everything together. They're barely running the football. Yeah. And I think that's going to continue to be a problem. And I think a lot of teams are even going to start to catch on of, hey, these guys actually they hate their running backs. They're just going to throw with Josh Gordon or sorry, Josh Allen, or he's going to go on some quarterback run. Yeah. And so I, I was not impressed by what I saw with Buffalo. I know they were able to fight back in this game, which is cool, but you still lost. And even in the fourth quarter when they're driving, uh, it looked like they just they didn't have everything clicking. And even with Josh Allen able to scramble uh, on a what looks like it might be turf toe, I thought he played great, but I still think this is a team that has a lot of work left to be done and not a lot of season left. Yeah, and I'm right there with you too on the Bills because it seems like it's the defense that's kind of struggling, and that was a part of that team that we were praising early on in the middle of the season, and now it's just everything is falling apart for him. I know White was out with an injury, so he wasn't here this weekend. But it's still one of those deals where they have a tough time slowing anybody down. Now, also, granted, it's Tampa Bay. You know, you got Tom Brady. <laughs> you have the <laughs> son of a gun, dude, that got me your message there. Sorry. But it's like when you look at Buffalo and the defense, they're not slowing anyone down. You're facing Tom Brady. You're facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have weapons everywhere. The run game still is a huge and, problem for the defense. Yes. And, like, that's the thing, too, is when other teams can see that, well, the defense can't stop the run. The offense can't run. This is just all we're going to do. We're just going to be more physical than you, and you're not going to be able to get the ball off. Now, Josh Allen did have a decent game passing the football and running as well, but you got to have help. And the other frustrating part about watching the Bills is is that you see them run the ball at times, and it's somewhat efficient, and then they just go away from it for like another six or seven plays. It feels like Andy Reid has rubbed off on Tom McDermott in that way, and he's not even calling the offense. Yeah, I was going to say, even in the press conference, they were asking him. I didn't see this or hear it. I just saw somebody tweeting about it on Twitter. But they were talking about um, the run game and Brian Dable calling the plays. And McDermott even made a comment of, like, I really liked what we did in the second half of getting the running backs involved because they Mm -hmm. didn't in the first. They didn't have one single carry to a running back in the first half. I don't know. You just you probably can't win that way. It's aggressive. Yeah. You've got a good quarterback. You've got a good offense, but you do need some sort of balance, uh, so teams don't catch on to this. Because I do think it could be a big issue for the Bills going forward if they continue to just abandon the run, and hopefully they don't. Uh, they are a team that I do still like, uh, but even on the other side of the field, I thought the Buccaneers looked very good on offense and on defense. And one thing that I noticed watching that game too is I think it was. I think it was Ed Oliver kind of got a little hit on on Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady jumps up, ready to fight Ed Oliver. Like, good job. Like, I know you're like 43 years old, 6'4", 220. He's not small, but he's so competitive and like so confident that I do think that he would fight Ed Oliver. <laughs> I don't think he would win, but I think he would fight Ed Oliver. Well, and he's then, also got the confidence of, I can throw a punch and know I'm going to be removed from this situation immediately. And my other yes. six six offensive linemen are kind of going to yeah. kick some ass. Tristan Wirf's still over there? Okay, I'm good. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. fight. Let's do this. But I also love it about Brady because anytime somebody gets in his face, it almost changes his game because immediately after, uh, he started running the ball. It's like, oh, this is like second and six or whatever, and he scrambles for a first down. Or his uh, you know ability to do the quarterback sneak. I feel like if you hit Brady, you're going to get him to be mobile. There's something to that. Like, watch for yeah. it. I'm, I'm not some defensive coordinator genius, but like maybe you trash talk Brady a little bit. 
get him out of the pocket, then maybe you can get a solid hit on him. I'm not saying like, <laughs> you know, bounty gate. This but, dude's over here trying to get a hit on like end his career. <laughs> no, like, but maybe like, you know, that's your opportunity to get a shot on him. Yeah. Get that old body sore a little bit. But I don't know if it will work. Because yeah. at the same time, it's like you don't want to poke the bear with Brady. Yeah, and that's the other thing is he just makes every throw look so easy. Like that was one it's thing in, in watching it. I was like, this dude's 45 years old. Yeah. This dude, it, like it's just ridiculous that he's even out there. One, but two, to just still be so good. And I mean, he, it looks like he's just on a clear path to go win MVP again. I, I, and I, forgot. I haven't seen the betting odds, but I do think that he's the favorite now. I forgot that he won it when he was 40. Stupid. That was five, four or five years ago. Some people <laughs> yeah. might be like, duh, he was like, this is what then. he's old now. Like, that's 40 or 40 winning MVP in the NFL. And that is I'm, insane. Even the I had not looked at the stat box before today coming in and sitting down, but I watched the game, and I knew it was special. I didn't realize he threw for 363 yards. And two touchdowns. Now, those receivers are good. They're special. But at the same time, I, you got to give that guy credit. I hated him for a very long time. I did, too. <laughs> Could now not stand I think him. Just, you cannot deny what he's doing. I love him so much. I feel bad that I ever hated him. Because he's <laughs> right? just such a cool dude. Yeah. Like, that's the other part. It's like, he's not just this cocky asshole. I'm sure he is at times. But, like, on the field, that competitiveness that he has, that's what everyone strives to find. You know what I mean? To be this smart and efficient in a football game, that's what everyone wants. The the pocket awareness, like that's another thing. To be forty five, if you hate Tom Brady, well, you're just jealous of it. One hundred percent. And like that's another thing with him being forty five is how well he can move in the pocket and oh, look yeah. young. I mean, that's the thing that really gets me like just like, like, mindful even watching he, him play. Yeah, when he took off and scrambled for a little bit, it's like that's faster than what I saw at the NFL Combine. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it is. It's amazing to watch him. I feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to be a favorite in the NFC. But two other teams in the NFC that are gunning for Tom Brady are the Rams and the Cardinals, and we'll see them play tonight. That's another good Monday night matchup. You know, we get the uh, the primetime games haven't always lived up to the hype this year, but I am excited about this one too because I have been a doubter of the Cardinals all along. I've liked the Rams pretty much all season, I do think the Rams can come in and win this game. The Cardinals are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. But if the Rams are clicking like they were last week, I think they're one of the hardest teams to beat in the NFL. But this game is in Arizona. So there are so many great storylines with it. I think I'm going to take the Jaguars. But if you're betting, honestly, I'm I'm biased here. What would you just say? Did I, I said the Jaguars. I was looking at box scores. <laughs> I'm like, going to take the Rams. The <laughs> yeah, it hit me. That they played the Jaguars last week is where my brain went. I'm going yeah. to take the Rams to win this game. But as I was trying to say, I'm a little biased because I'm rooting for guys like Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, they're on my fantasy team. I know people love to hear that. Uh, so I am, I'm rooting for the Rams tonight. I don't fully believe in the Cardinals. Tonight will go very far. I think I've said it before. They're like, oh, I'll believe in the Cardinals after they do this. And then they do it. Mm -hmm. This is a real one. If they can beat the Rams, a fully healthy Rams team, I'm not talking about like Matt Stafford gets injured in the first quarter and then the Cardinals win. Then I'm going back to the drawing board. But if they beat a good Rams team, I will finally stop shitting on Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know where I'm at with this, just to be completely honest. Like, I don't have a rooting favorite in it. And like that's the difference for me, because usually with these games, I usually pick one. 
I think yep. earlier in the season it was the Rams, but now it's like, I kind of just want to see the Cardinals keep this up. Like, can they actually do it? Because I've been saying all season, like, at some point it's just going to crumble. Like, we haven't seen Kyler Murray do this. I know he's young in the NFL, but it feels like also at some point he just kind of tails off. Something happens. He's not consistent. He throws like two or three interceptions in a game, and it's like, well, defense has caught up to him again. Maybe not this year. Maybe that's the difference. So I'm actually going to go with Arizona here. We'll see because I do have a feeling now that I'm talking my way through this, I'm going to turn on the game tonight and be watching it and go, let's go Rams. We'll see, though, but right now I'm picking Arizona to win by two. Either way, it should be a pretty exciting game. I hope it is because you're right about those primetime games just not living up to it. Real money betting, I would probably stay away from it just because I'm not super confident either way. Yeah. I mean, if it what were in L.A., under, it would be a no-brainer for me. I'd take the Rams really? and bet on it. Yeah, but since it is in Arizona, that gives me a little bit of pause. And I do think that that, that crowd can be a difference maker almost for Arizona. Mm-hmm. Or that home field advantage altogether can be a difference maker Yeah. For Speaking Arizona. of betting, a bad beat for me is I had the Browns beating the Ravens. But oh, I so think it was did. like three and a half. Yeah, two and a half. First half looked incredible. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Love it. By the time that I saw the final score, I was like, what in the world happened? Well, the, the Browns had a little bit of a lead, and even then Lamar Jackson gets hurt, so everyone was super confident yeah. on that. And then Tyler Huntley leads them back. Uh, I don't know how that one happened, but it did. I completely missed that game because that was more of just like the scores because I saw the first half. I was like, all right, awesome, let's go. Because I had oh, been yeah. talking to people on Saturday night, and they're like, what's like a lock? And I was like, well, I don't think this is a lock, but I do think the Browns win this weekend. And like the, the spread being two and a half, I was like, I'm pretty sure they'll cover that as well. For me, a game that surprised me is that uh, Buccaneers game, watching mm-hmm. it, and it was it was pretty out of hand at the end of the first half. Yeah. And so at the start of the third quarter, I missed a lot of the third quarter. And then came back to him and was like, wait, what happened here? Why is this score so different? And then I got back in to watching it. It's a, it's a risky move changing that channel. It really is. Yeah. But I mean, even like the, the Cowboys game, I tried to catch some of that. That one looked out of hand and then Washington fought back. Didn't win either case, yeah. but they did fight back and paid attention to a lot of the Chiefs game. But at the same time, it was like, okay, just don't get hurt here. <laughs> yeah. No, especially really, at the end. I wanted to see Shane Bouchelle come in. Like that Chad Henney, cool. everyone loves him. Great. Anything's possible. <laughs> is Shane Bouchelle still on the active roster? Because if he is, and this happens again, I don't need to see Chad Henney out there. And again, <laughs> bias. I I love Shane Bouchelle, the former Texas quarterback who transferred to SMU. But I always liked him. Always wanted to see more of him. Maybe we will. And another interesting thing that I saw this morning about the NFC. Every single NFC team is still in play for the playoffs, except the Detroit Lions. <laughs> we are in the middle of December now. We're doing 12 days of Christmas stuff now. And every NFC team, minus the Lions, is still in the hunt. So that graphic that they throw up there on Sundays, right? these teams are still in the hunt. All of them. Even the Giants. <laughs> That's how bad it is in the NFC. That Even the Giants are still technically in the hunt. Uh, for a playoff. Spot. I mean, they just have to put that in there because, like, the slim chance of it's like probably 0.1%, right? I, I think like, that it's actually I know probably better than that. It's usually like 0.1, like, that's going to be 10% or whatever. But there's like, just so many teams that are right there that are like 4 and 9, like the Bears, the Giants, 
are four and nine. The Panthers are look bad, but they're five and eight. Yeah. Seattle looks bad, but they're five and eight. I would just me, I just <laughs> be like not nope, they're done. <laughs> there ain't no yeah, way. but even like some of these teams that are in the hunt that are like six and seven, somebody's gonna be one of these six and seven teams are probably going to make the playoffs. I feel like that always happens in the NFC though. There's always a team that as of late, you know, was nine and seven. I was like, okay, now you're in. Now it's gonna be what, ten and seven or ten and eight? No, ten and seven. Ten and seven, yeah. You could be ten and seven. Or probably nine and eight this year in the NFC. Yeah. But it wasn't it just like last year that was the Eagles made the playoffs and went like seven and nine? Washington, I think. Yeah, one of those. Right. Yeah, Washington yep. made the playoffs and went seven and nine. Yeah, because the NFC East is just absolutely I think garbage. that's what's going to happen. It's not going to be some team going nine and eight. It's going to be some team going like eight and nine. It's like, <laughs> how in the hell did you make it here? What were you doing? And I'll tell you what they're doing. Everybody else just sucks. There are clearly good teams in the NFC, and then there are some just really shitty teams in the NFC. Over on the AFC side, a lot of bad teams. A lot of teams that could be good, a lot of bad teams, though. And one in particular, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they can't keep their name out of the news. Urban Meyer cannot do it. They are officially eliminated, as are the Houston Texans and the New York Jets. Those teams out. They can't make the playoffs. And then over the weekend, so many reports about Urban Meyer, once again, uh, pretty much calling all of his coaches losers, telling them that he's a winner, <laughs> they're all losers, and that they almost had to defend their resume to him of like why they should be there. Um, I don't know if Urban remembers this or not. He hired that coaching staff. Yeah, that's what really got me when I read that article, because it was Tom Palisaro that put it out, correct? Uh, I think so. Okay, so I just want to make sure I give credit to the right reporter there. To have to write that and then just see everyone's comments. Like, and it wasn't one of those deals where, you know, a report comes out and everyone's like, ah, don't believe this. It was more of like, this is what's really happening in Jacksonville. This is what's happening in an NFL front office slash coaching staff that you have a head coach treating this like it's still college. Because, yeah. I mean, today on the way in, listen to Dan Patrick show, Albert Breer's on, and he's just sitting there talking like, hey, this is how he was in college. He didn't – they never downgraded a player. They never talked negatively about a player. They would the coaching staff. Like, you know, he'd walk over to a drill in practice and be like, okay, hey, you know, why are we doing this drill? And the answer could not be a, well, this is just what we do. So, and again, I'm strictly requoting this from Albert Breer. But it, it's one of those situations where I have a feeling he's probably doing the exact same thing in the NFL – and it's just not going the right way because things are different. And you, you hear players go, he's not treating us like we're grown men. Like you, you know, he's trying to control everything. You can't do that. And you would think at this point in his age, being ready to transition to coaching the NFL, he would be aware of that. But it's not. And it's just so – It's just so egotistical. Yes. But, like, the thing is that, that works in college, though. Like, I feel like we'd see the same thing with Nick Saban if he tried to come back to the NFL. Honestly. Maybe. I don't know. He's he's so different with coaches, though. He's he's also hard on coaches, but I don't. Yeah, know. Nick Saban is like him a blow up. God, so one hundred. Like, <laughs> he's not leaving Alabama ever. He shouldn't, at least in my opinion. But it was like you look at Urban Meyer, and I don't think the Jaguars have a choice anymore. You have to find a way to get this guy out of the building, where everything is going to crumble. Like you're not going to be able to build a program or a team with him there in the coaching staff no. who's already trying or not even trying, just leaking information. Right. And it's like, who is doing it? Uh, I will say I put out a, a little bit of a cryptic tweet earlier today. Trent Baalke, their GM, he's known for like just talking. 
Yeah. People, he used to be with the 49ers and people would question and be like, oh my God, how does everybody know who we're going to draft? It was him. <laughs> he would tell everyone who he liked. He would, I don't even know if you can call it leaking. He just wouldn't keep his mouth shut. So uh, maybe. This dude's just like, man, people want to be my friends. Yeah, maybe it's, you know, Tom Pelissar being like, hey, Trent, what's going on? He's like, well, everybody hates Urban Meyer. This is what he did in practice. <laughs> and then, you know, Tom Pelissar is like, holy shit. He just told me everything. <laughs> I bet. I guarantee you that's what happened. Like, Blocky's just sitting there. And uh, he comes up and he hears uh, Urban go, why are we running this drill? <laughs> Victor says, huh, coaches always ask each other that? Yeah. Urban walks away. The assistant coach is like, usually not, but, you know, it's just part of it. The other day he asked me why I'm still here. What, you know, what qualifies hey, me to be Hey, what's the deal with Marvin Jones and Herb? What's <laughs> happening over there? Oh, they don't like each other? Oh, no. That's so sad. I'm going to go tell uh, Adam Schefter this. <laughs> this seems like such a grandpa or uncle energy at a family, like, Christmas party or, like, holiday event. Yeah, where you have the one that just walks around to every group who everyone gets along with, hears all their tea, and then eventually just to be reciprocates me. it back. As a teacher, this is me now. I love that. I love just getting uh-huh. other people's information and then just sitting on it. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I would always have people in my classroom like talking about like, oh, this person did that, and blah blah blah. In this meeting, I hate that, and I'm just sitting there soaking it all in. It's like, man, I got no one to tell, but. This is nice. This is nice. No, <laughs> all of it. Uh, also, things that are nice. Minersandmonroe.com. Go visit them. Check them out. It's really close to Christmas. I don't even know if I can promise, based on uh, shipping, that it would be there by Christmas. Maybe just go check them out if you're in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I we've had a lot of friends. I, I feel like if you go in there one time or if you go to their store online one time, you're like, holy shit, this is good stuff. Yep. And even like Vinyl Fridays is something I always forget to mention, but they do sales on vinyl records, which is, I think, super cool. Damn. So it's so much more than just men's clothing. Go check them out. It's minersandmonroe.com and use the code MikeDup10, all one word, M I C D U P 10 at checkout. Save yourself 10% off. Absolutely. Another thing that's nice is gunspot.com. You can go ahead and buy any gun or ammo that you need or you're interested in that's on the site, and you don't have to worry about any extra fees being added to the end of it. That's what makes the site so great. Also, it's not a matter if, it's a matter of when. Make sure you're in a position to protect you and your family if danger arises. Again, this is Gunspot.com. Now let's get to some college football stuff. Uh, There were rumors over the weekend of Ryan Day to the NFL. And not just Ryan Day to, you know, the NFL in general, but specifically to the Chicago Bears. And I will tell you, I don't hate that matchup. When did this start? I think it was either Friday or Saturday. And now I guess we should say this could be another situation where the agent comes out and says, hey, by the way, Ryan Day is a little bit interested in the Chicago Bears. And then the Chicago Bears like, oh, my God, he's interested in us. And all of this was just to get him a raise. We've seen that so many times. Yeah. This coaching carousel, though, I'm not willing to rule out any move. It Boy, could that be very truth. possible that Ryan Day is actually interested in the Chicago Bears coaching position where they do have Justin Fields. I do think that makes it a little bit more realistic. Maybe that's why I'm buying into it a little bit more than usual. But also, like, if you're the Chicago Bears, well, where else are you going? Hey, I figured it out. It's not Ryan Day's agent, and it's not the Chicago Bears. 
This is Urban Meyer. He's starting these rumors, right? these rumors that Ryan Day wants Get him out. out of here. Because he knows his days are numbered in Jacksonville. He might have another hundred, but they are numbered. It's I guarantee you it's probably less than that. I mean, He's going to start a rumor that Ryan Day wants out of Ohio State, so he goes to the NFL. Ohio State's going to go, whoa, let's pay him this. Ryan Day is going to go, oh, wow, NFL's interested. Chicago Bears, Justin Fields is there. I like coaching him. They have some talent, success. Let's see if I can go build upon this. And Urban Meyer's like, thank God he's out. I'm back in college at Ohio State. Let's go win a national championship. Yeah, to put him back in Columbus, Ohio, though. Wife's got to sign off on that one for sure. <laughs> so I, I know there's some little blonde running around here. <laughs> you've had relations with. So I would. Herb what there's like a painting of us on the freaking wall. <laughs> I don't know why I keep calling him Herb, but I like it. It's going to stick. I don't know. I don't. I think he would like to be back in Columbus. I don't know if the. I thought you were going to ask if you would like to be called Herb. <laughs> no, I don't know if the family's signing off on that one though. Or so much so that he creates rumors. I think he wants out of Jacksonville. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars want him out. And I mean players, other coaches. I think pretty much everybody. Sean Conn wants him. He's like, it's that just, was a bad it's not working there. And I I don't think that he's made out for the NFL. I always said that I wanted to see it. I want to see what his style of offense could be like in the NFL. Because he's a very good college coach. I, you can't deny that. He might be a scumbag off the field but he's a good coach and a good recruiter. And I wanted to see how that would work in the NFL. It's not, it's not working. Uh, So it might be a, a back to college or a back to television. Cause I honestly, I thought it was pretty good on big noon kickoff too. Now you can't come at me with the same bullshit about like character and leadership. (laughs) Don't talk to me about that. I saw that tweet resurface last night too, of like his three things of an unsuccessful program. It, it was all three things that he was doing. Like, loss <laughs> oh, no. of trust between uh, players and the coaching staff. Like, yep, check. Just, I don't remember the other two, but I thought it was funny. It's like, these are literally happening in Jacksonville. In your own words, and you failed. So, and please get Trevor Lawrence, a coach that, that can actually coach. But with the Ryan Day stuff, we'll see. I, I wouldn't hate it. And I do think that if he were to leave, Luke Fickle is the clear-cut favorite for that job. He went to Ohio State, was a pretty good player there, was actually the interim head coach there before uh, when old Trestle had to leave. So I do think that would be a shoe-in fit. But I am going to pump the brakes a little bit on it because it does seem like it's probably another situation where the agent is trying to get the coach a better contract. And the thing is, like when we looked or saw all this other coaching carousel play out, Ryan Day was just kind of left alone in terms of how much he's making. I mean, that is a guy that deserves you making top dollar as well, though. Yeah, I mean, that program hasn't dipped at all since Urban Meyer left. I, I mean, feel like it's gotten better, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that the culture has to be better there <laughs> without Urban Meyer. So, yeah, I think that he probably is due for a raise. If he's not a top five paid coach, then something's really wrong there. And even like within the conference, Jim Harbaugh took a cut, so I guess he's not – that highly paid anymore, but Mel Tucker was just got a big contract. Yeah, you so guys he's making nine and a half. The Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Day should be pushing at least eleven. <laughs> so I, that is definitely something that needs to be revisited. If you're Ryan Day in Ohio State, and uh, I think that Ohio State can probably pay him more than the Chicago Bears would want to as well. But this weekend we also had the Heisman Trophy, 
and where it was no surprise. We didn't even really talk about it last week. And I, I saw, I watched the ceremony for the first time in a very long time, but it was Bryce Young out of Alabama won the ceremony, uh, the Heisman Trophy, which everybody knew he was going to. I think I saw that it was like the seventh largest gap uh, between first and second place ever. Wow. Uh, second place went to Aiden Hutchinson, which was a little bit surprising for me. And then third place was Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Really surprised me. Fourth place, CJ Stroud. And then fifth place, my guy, Will Anderson. It really pissed me off. He had the second most first place vote with 31. What? 31 people voted him number one, but too many people left him off on like the second, third, and fourth place votes that he didn't get in there, didn't get his chance to go. And it really, it does suck. And I understand the Heisman moment. And I think Aiden Hutchinson 100% deserved to be there. But Will Anderson was so much better than him this season. Yeah, I mean, and better than Bryce Young, too, honestly. Yeah, so it, with Bryce Young, it's cool. He's the quarterback. I think he kind of had his moment. But it was it was kind of bittersweet watching and having a, a defensive guy up there like Aiden Hutchinson, but not having Will Anderson. I will tell you, Will Anderson, next year might be your time. Yeah, I mean, you got something to play for even more. You know what I mean? Another chip, your shoulder is probably have a hard mm-hmm. time finding those while being – one of the best defensive players at the University of Alabama, now you have one. And I think so much of winning an award like that, the Heisman, is you have to come in with a little bit of steam. Yep. It's really hard to come out of nowhere, especially on the defensive end. Even guys like you know Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, you'll say, like, oh, they came out of nowhere. Not really, though. We didn't expect them to win, but everybody knew who they were. Kyler Murray was a big-time recruit. Baker Mayfield had played pretty well at Texas Tech and then transferred to Oklahoma. Everyone was talking about him. Joe Burrow, kind of the same way, uh, had transferred to LSU, had a pretty good junior season, got his shit knocked out in a bowl game, and then played very well. <laughs> so even he came in and was like, oh, okay, this guy might be something special. And then he had one of the best seasons ever. So I think for Will Anderson, he might even enter next season because he can't go to the draft. As a Heisman favorite, I think between him and, and Bryce Young, some of these other guys, I think that he could be up there next year. And for Bryce Young, good luck, man. It's hard to win that thing twice. <laughs> yeah. Only one person has done it. You're going to have to have a damn good year. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. And, of course, C.J. Stroud, a redshirt freshman, he'll be back next year too, which will be great. I, I feel like college football next year is going to be fantastic. Uh, I didn't realize how short uh, Bryce Young was compared to everyone else that was there. I don't know if maybe he was just on a different step or like they they were standing on a staircase, but he, but he just significantly I looked smaller than everyone else there. Yeah, I even pulled up like his like at Alabama. You can go and you can find it, and like they, I think they list him at six one. Right. His recruiting profile is listed at five foot eleven. And I do, I really like Bryce Young. I'm kind of a fan of his and watching the ceremony, kind of a fan of his dad too. It really seems like he had his shit together, which is great for Bryce Young. But in the speech, like, you can't be a five star recruit and tell me that people doubted you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I know that, like, some people need that. They need to, like, create that chip on their shoulder. Shaq was famous for doing this. Mm-hmm. I know that you're 5'11. People don't care anymore, though. <laughs> Baker Mayfield was six foot tall. Russell Wilson, 5'11". Kyler Murray's fucking 5'8". Brother, 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> yeah. So um, and he, went, he even went to one of the best high schools for football in the country. So, again, whatever you have to do, if you have to say, like, oh, everybody doubted me, 
not a lot of people did. Yeah, I mean, you were projected or almost you – know, there was a quarterback battle the year before your freshman year with Mac Jones, who might be rookie of the year in the NFL. Right. You're telling me people doubted you then? And when people wanted him to start. Like, the exactly. fan base wanted him to That's start. That's not you being doubted, homie. And going back, looking at his rankings, he was the number one quarterback in that recruiting class. The number two overall player. You're making a million dollars this year in NIL deals. Shut a million up dollars about before being you ever doubted. started. Yes. So now you're a Heisman winner, and you're probably going to go win a national championship again with Alabama. Okay. I now you're making three. I want to see what those checks are like. Now that you've won a Heisman, and you can get name, image, likeness deals. And a lot of people were talking about it even on Saturday night of – can he do the Heisman House stuff now? I think he can if they want to cut the check. Like, oh, with Nissan and stuff? Uh huh. Oh, shit. Just go do it, you know, a commercial or so. I think they do them like on the weekends in the off season. So, yeah, send him there. It's great for recruiting. They need to treat this like the NFL where like every contract deal is announced because I want to know. I do too. I do like, too. I really want to know how much, like, and I know we, I don't know if you're ready to get into it, but like, guys that are committing to Texas, you know, or to USC. Like, if we're hearing what coaches are making, I want to hear what players are. Like, if a player goes to Miami, like, why would you choose here? And I want them to be completely honest. Right. Like, well, we already have some NIL deals lined up. Right. I'm going to make $500,000 the first three weeks that I'm here just for showing up to this event and signing some stuff. Yeah, and we talked about that. it last week. Last night it did become official. Quinn Ewers, talk- and going back to, like, recruiting – this is the second, tied for first, actually, highest recruited player ever at the quarterback position. He's tied with Vince Young. And now Quinn Ewers has committed back, strong word, back <laughs> to Texas. I am very excited about it. <clears throat> uh, Texas has some pretty good quarterbacks lined out. I, I know they have a four-star guy as well. And we'll see how much that changes over the next couple of days. It, it very well could. But I am excited. I think you'd be dumb not to be excited about Queen Ewers coming to Texas. Yeah. The only thing I'm disappointed with is that I missed, I missed the initial announcement because I was so invested in Yellowstone last night. That when oh, it really? ended, I was like, okay, now I'm going to get back on my phone. It was like, Quinn Ewers has officially uh-huh. transferred to Texas. And I was like, I was sitting in my living room like, holy shit. Let's go. Like I saw all weekend, the five-star offensive lineman that they got, the four-star offensive lineman that they got, knowing that they're also paying all these guys $50,000 each if you're on scholarship at the University of Texas. Now you're going to get every offensive lineman. It was something we talked about last week where you have to start in the trenches. You have to have the big guys, especially on offensive line. And I don't I don't know if you even saw this one. I'm not super into recruiting, but I've, I've been following the name, image, likeness stuff a little bit more. Um, Oregon had a five-star recruit on their roster, and then Mario Cristobal takes the Miami job, and he decommitted. Well, that five-star going to Oregon is from Texas. And so on Saturday, he committed to Texas. So they, this weekend, they brought in a five-star offensive tackle, the mm-hmm. highest-graded quarterback since Vince Young, and yep. another four-star offensive lineman to Texas. Which, if you're not a Texas fan, you're probably not as excited as us. But I do think this goes to show how name, image, likeness is going to change the college football. Yeah, and I saw that the five-star offensive lineman that committed to Texas, that is the first five-star offensive lineman that has committed to the university since 2009. It's been a very big problem on the offensive line for a long time. I think there's a direct correlation with offensive line play and wins at Texas. <laughs> 100%. When they, when they stop getting these big, good linemen 
it all went to shit. So that's why for me as a Texas fan, like bringing in these linemen, almost more exciting than bringing in the quarterback. I was actually 100%. pretty excited about the four-star the guy that they had. So yeah, sure. Like in with Quinn Ewers, I saw people tweeting this, and I do think that it is funny. Uh, there were a couple tweets that were like, hey, Google, um, what's that kid's name? Tate Martell. Google <laughs> Tate Martell, and then talk to me about Quinn Ewers. Like, okay, yeah, let's pump the brakes. Like, just because you're recruited highly doesn't mean you're going to be good. But I do hope that the four star, I think his name's Malik Henry. No, that's a kid from Last Chance You. There's another kid coming in who's a four-star, though. He's like 6'5", 225, just won a state championship. I want to see him compete with Quinn Ewers. I want to see... Wait, like, he's a quarterback, 6'5", 220? You know, the Hudson Cards of the world. Stay and compete. Like Let's let's not put all of our eggs into the Quinn Ewers basket. I've seen teams get burned by that. I'm stuck. 6'5", is this Vince Young again? He's very athletic. <laughs> Quinn, yeah. you might have messed up, Bob. We'll see. And I hope that he stays committed yeah. to Texas as well because he should, he should be coming in. It should at least give it a year to kind of see where you guys are at in terms you of Do competing. that Quinn Ewers thing. You know, go join campus for a year. See yeah. if you like it. If not, all right, bye. Make some money. See it. But at the same time, no matter what happens at the quarterback position, Bijan Robinson's got to be one of the happiest guys on campus right now. Oh, for sure. Like, oh, this is sure. your future offensive lineman in the next two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Xavier Worthy, uh, a freshman receiver, looked very good, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, I'm a little bit excited about what's happening in Texas. And also good for these kids who are out there making money. I do want to see that Bryce Young contract. Like, it's none of my business. I have no right to even catch wind of what's going on there. He's going to be making a lot of money, too, though. Quinn Years, that you said? No, and Bryce Young. Too. Oh, one hundred percent. Multiple million dollars. I think I saw you tweet that like Quinn Years has got to be making three to five million dollars at Texas. Yeah, or he will be if he becomes a starter. And I'm not one for exaggerating. No, what no, that's some, some people might hear that be like, if I wanted to exaggerate it, I'd put it at eight million. I think three to five is very feasible. I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already got commitments for around two, two and a half mil. <laughs> That, that was probably like, it sounds kind of scummy when you talk about it, but that was probably like the starting bid almost. Like, hey, I, I'll come back to Texas. I need 2-5, though. A&M's got 225 sitting waiting for me. Texas, I need you to hit me at 2 and a half. Yeah, because I mean, he was already making, he was close to making, making like one 1.5 at Ohio State. At Ohio State. He was what? 1-5 at Ohio State. You're lying. Mm-hmm. It, uh, one deal was for 1.4. And then he had a couple other deals. So, I mean, he was easy at $1.5 million and took two snaps last year. So, take a lot of that money, cut your hair, welcome back to Austin. Yeah, for love of God, redo the hairstyle. Please cut your hair. It's so, so bad. Uh, but what is not so, so bad is our great sponsor at Club 609, home of the best happy hour in the world. On weekdays, you can go in there at 2 p.m. and stay until 8 p.m. You get two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609. And on Saturdays, they have a great happy hour, 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. I wouldn't recommend staying for the whole time, but you probably could. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to like it the next day, but they will be open uh, those entire hours selling you two-for-one drink specials. Yeah, and another place that's going to be open and ready to serve you is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com. They are much more than tires and lube. 
but they do much more than that. So visit the website again at Downtown Loop for the full list of services. It's not a matter if, it's a matter of when you're going to need an oil change. Be sure to go get that done and taken care of at Downtown Loop right here in the heart of Joplin at First and Main Street. Did you say that for Gunspot today? I did. I missed it. No, you muted. Now let's get to another new segment. We're trying some segments here uh, at Mike Top. We're constantly changing. Soundboard's working great, though. I fucking love it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, Is that A, B, or C, by the way? Or D? It's B on your Zoom. I love it. They probably shouldn't have given me this ability, but I'm glad that they did. The fans love it, too. Thank you, uh, everybody who's listening. This is just... It's wonderful. I, we really, we really appreciate it. You're too kind. But we are trying a new segment here. It's called Matchmaker Monday to where we are going to match up uh, some things that we want to see, things that should be happening. I'm going to go first on this one because it clicked with me last night. And talking about Urban Meyer, it's over. The relationship is done for. And you need a new head coach in there. And I was thinking about Brian Dable and how that might be a really good fit. And I, I think I even saw some tweets last night of people saying like Brian Dable with Trevor Lawrence is going to be so good next year. However, I don't think Brian Dable is going to be interested in that job. Not when like the Chicago bears and the New York giants are going to be calling. You think, think those are better jobs than the Jaguars in terms of like the talent that's there? Yeah, uh, maybe. I think they're a little bit closer to winning. And those are, like the Giants are just a known good organization, or at least they used to be. Mm-hmm. But a guy that I do think the Jaguars should look at and my matchup, matchmaker Monday, Byron Leftwich. Bring him home. I, I think he's done a fantastic job as offensive coordinator. And I think that there might be something there, almost like the college level, to where it's like, this is our guy. He played in Jacksonville for a very long time was supposed to be like the face of the franchise there. I think and I, I hope he will get NFL head coaching opportunities this season. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he took a chance with the Jaguars, who have a phenomenal quarterback. I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be very good. He just doesn't have a coach. So give him By- Byron Leftwich, who can run an offense, has learned from Tom Brady and Bruce Arians for a while now. I think that is a beautiful matchup. Yeah, when you put it that way and you really start to think of like, hey, this guy's been with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians the last couple of years and gets the, the downfield passing attack of Bruce Arians and the, hey, let's just be methodical and march our way down the field efficiently with Tom Brady. You go take that to a young quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, who's probably like, thank God, someone's going to help teach me how to play quarterback here and when to get rid of the ball and where to look. Because we hear so many college quarterbacks say, hey, I didn't understand what to really do or read in college, but I figured out when I got to the NFL because I didn't have a choice. Because in college, it's a lot of, hey, by the time you reach this point in your drop back, look to this spot or this spot. You're not reading defenses. It's, this is the spot where you look and throw the ball. Like we've heard Deshaun Watson talk about it numerous times when he made the transition to Houston in the NFL. Bill O'Brien was like, whoa, we got to fix this. And it helped him out tremendously. And I'm sure it's going to be the same thing with Trevor Lawrence as well. I really like that fit. Uh, and I have one more I want to add to it. Chris Godwin is a free agent after the season. He signed. He got hit with that franchise tag. That's Maybe right. he follows Byron Leftwich as well. And now you've got yourself a damn good receiver, some other really good young receivers, a quarterback. You're getting Travis Etienne back. And so the Jaguars do. I mean, you know, I know it looks like a shit show there. They've got a lot of good young talent on that team. Yeah. 
it's urban Meyer's not working out for him. And I mean, a DJ shark they have as well at receiver. He's going to be a free agent. Another big name. Uh, my buddy trees, who's a huge Jaguars fan as well has brought this up since the beginning of the season, Devonte Adams, because the Jaguars are going to have money to spend or an Allen Robinson, who was, I believe once again, hit with the franchise tag as well. So it's like, does he want to come back and play with an actual quarterback? Hey, we have a good quarterback down here. Uh, did you like it when you were here? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Blake Bortles might've done him too wrong in Jacksonville. Boy, no joke, but I do like that fit a lot for me. My first matchmaker Monday was the Cincinnati Bengals and winning because that's not happened the last couple of weeks. And the reason I mention this is because I said that I thought they could be a Super Bowl contender last week. Yeah. And boy, do I look even more like a dumbass. This guy. <laughs> Did you mark those? Did you, I'm looking I played at around with it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> this freaking dude. But like, it, it's one of these things where I look at it in the last couple of weeks. You know, you play the Chargers. You got blown out by 19 points. You play San Francisco. You were close to coming back and winning that football game. Just doesn't happen. So now it's like, now you got to go play the Broncos, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. Hopefully you can pick up another two wins right there against the Broncos and Ravens because when you then face the Chiefs or Browns to end the season, that's going to be tough when the Browns have everyone back in the run of the football efficiently like they did this last week. Yeah, the AFC North division. It's ridiculous. Even the Bengals, you look at their uh, their win loss record breakdown. They're three and one within the division, but mm-hmm. they're yeah right now they're in third place for the division. So they are a team that I wouldn't mind seeing win, and uh, definitely for your sake too. After last week of saying they're a Super Bowl contender, now they've dropped uh, two straight. N- they need a bounce back. Not looking good, pal. Yeah, uh, neither was Brian Kelly, and he is my next matchmaker Monday. Watching him, and I get it, you have to go into the house of these 18-year-old kids. You've got to do some stupid shit or say some things that maybe are not 100% true. But he was kind of going viral, I think it was yesterday, of him and a five-star quarterback recruit dancing in the LSU facilities. Like, they do the circle camera thing. They're playing music. They're strobe lights. Usually, and you can see it with the kid. The kid is like, oh, I've seen this before. I know what to do. I'm going to stand here and just look cool. Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly is trying to dance. My matchmaker Monday, Brian Kelly, get a TikTok. I want to see it. I need more of those dance moves. Dance with the stars is what it needs to be. That's next. <laughs> Something. I mean, you want to really, you want to reach out to these recruits and you want to, you know, be able to talk with them about what they're experiencing. TikTok. Oh, did you see this sound? Are you using that? And you looked at this trend. Hey, what do you want to tell Joe Byron? Bing bong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Brian Kelly. What you want to tell Joe Byron right now? Yeah. Take, me up, dude. Take me to dinner. Uh, do it. Invest in it. I don't know of any other college coaches that are out there on the TikTok. <laughs> Could you imagine meeting Byron Kelly? He goes to shake your hand. He's like, bing bong. Like, what? Right. Problem. Just embrace like the goofball. Like everybody said that you were so serious and kind of an asshole at Notre Dame. Not anymore. This is the relaxed BK in Baton Rouge. BK in my BR family on TikTok. And I, I think that would be a beautiful matchmaker. <laughs> that really would be. For me, my next one was the Kansas City Chiefs and a big receiver that's reliable through an entire game. Because once again, we saw Josh Gordon Josh Gordon flash <laughs> just a little bit and Hey, that's cool. I want to see it for an entire game again and again and again. And hopefully they can find one in the draft this year. I'm talking when I say like a big receiver. Six two plus, right? Huh? Like six two plus. 
like, yeah, like even six one. I just want like a big bodied receiver that's reliable in the middle of the field, like Sammy Watkins. But again, reliable. Because one thing that I loved about Sammy Watkins is after he caught the ball, he ran like a running back. Like he was not scared to just run people over. It wasn't that elusive bullshit like Demarcus Robinson, who's going to catch the ball, do a Tyree Kill step back and go, How can I dance my way out of the situation? No. You're a tall, lengthy receiver. Go run someone over or go up and get the football. Yeah. Even it's crazy with Demarcus Robinson. I was thinking, like, oh man, he's he's pretty big. Yeah. Not really. He's six one, two oh three is what he's listed at. But compared to those other receivers, he looks huge. <laughs> yeah. And like Josh Gordon looks like a giant. Yeah, he does. He looks like a tight end. Yeah. Out there. Another big guy leading me to my next one. Uh, we've been talking so much about the Buffalo Bills. They just I don't know if they need a running back or if they just need to utilize the good ones that they have. But I was looking back at this draft class and thinking about what they need. I would love to see them get a big running back like A.J. Dillon. Like, if we have the benefit of hindsight here, I would love to go back and say, okay, don't draft A.J. Epinesa. Draft A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Because if you paired him with the Buffalo Bills and what they need going into the playoffs and here late in the season, they do need a back that can just go get three, four yards every time. And I know Packers fans didn't like him at the time. That's A.J. Dillon. You got to be happy this guy's on your team. Oh, no joke. And, like, when you look at that draft, it's kind of a, hey, maybe we didn't necessarily miss on this. <laughs> I mean, like, realistically, like, everyone just destroyed it when it happened. But now it's kind of one of those deals where, well, we're not having to rely on, you know, uh, Aaron Jones to do so much or be the bulk of running the football. He can be efficient other ways, like catching the football out of the backfield, which yeah. he's very good at. And then you can just pound the rock with an A.J. Dillon, which is very nice for the Packers. And then with Jordan Love, maybe that's your future. And if it is, you're going to look back at this draft and go, sweet, we have a dynamic running back duo and a quarterback for the next 15 years once again. I saw people talking this morning about the Packers, and we didn't really mention the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Uh, with his toe and how it's getting mm -hmm. worse. I heard somebody talking about, like, when is it the right time to play Jordan Love? Like, they, and their opinion was, let Aaron Rodgers get the surgery right now, come back ready for the playoffs. Play Jordan Love these next couple weeks. Because if you're the Packers, then you know what you have in Jordan Love. He gets a couple, you know, three, four starts, I guess. I don't know yeah. how much time. I'm not a doctor. The but, nerves are gone. He's comfortable. Right. And then you figured out, okay. We're about to lose Aaron Rodgers. This is who we have in Jordan Love. Can we go forward with him? And also, you get a healthy Aaron Rodgers, assuming, in the playoffs. It's a risky move. I probably wouldn't do it. But, if, I mean, I would also hate to push this thing like two or three more weeks and then lose Aaron Rodgers for the playoffs. 100%. And, I mean, your next couple matchups, you play the Ravens, Browns, and Vikings, and Lions. So, play the Ravens, it, depending if Lamar Jackson's playing. Go, yeah. like... <laughs> Maybe if you're in Rodgers, <laughs> I mean, even maybe not, because I feel like at this point you've already kind of locked up. A, you you've won the division practically. Like I don't think yeah. you're gonna lose it. And now, I don't, I, that just makes too much sense to not do, because that allows Jordan Love to get the nerves out of the way and get comfortable. And like you said, they see who they have. You got four weeks left. Mm -hmm. Because when Jordan Love played against the Chiefs, some people might see, well, that was his opportunity. No, that offense was still an Aaron Rodgers based offense, and Jordan Love was just. Supposed to come in and do the exact same thing that Aaron Rodgers does. And like we're, that's just not it right now. Yeah. Like that's not what you can ask him to do or be. It is. It's a risky move too, though, because you want home field advantage in Green Bay, and you can still get that 
over these next couple of weeks. And then I guess you give, you know, Aaron Rodgers that bye week. If you don't play him, you run the risk of not getting home field advantage and not having that bye week in the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean, is the home field advantage that much of an advantage in the playoffs? So, because I mean, at that point, I think it is for Green Bay. Really? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay fan base, loves when they play at home. But I mean, let's say like Arizona gets the number one seed. So mm-hmm. the playoffs run through Arizona, that's a dome. Tampa Bay is right. most likely making the playoffs. So you have to play them, you go to Tampa. If Dallas makes the playoffs and you have to go there, that's another dome. If you play the Rams, that's a dome. Like, there's really not many other like outside environments, right? Which I guess would be the home field advantage for the Packers in this situation. But if you have to go on the road, but also at least it's you're like playing a dome. To your point, do you want to put Aaron Rodgers out there when it's 20 degrees, or would you rather run the risk of playing in Arizona? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's why they pay guys like Lafleur a lot of money to make those really hard decisions. And I think you also have to go to Aaron Rodgers and be like, "Hey, how is this thing doing? Like, is this something you're going to be able to play for for what like eight more weeks?" Yeah. I know the season's only four more weeks, but there's uh, you know, a lot of games left if you're going to be a Super Bowl winner. So I, I think you have to talk to him and be like, hey, are you good? What's the deal here? Should we get it fixed now, or are you going to be able to play through it? I would vote I to know. just get it done now because, I mean, he already said he can get the surgery and then like, come back and play and not miss any time. I mean, just get maybe miss like a week or two. And even if that's the case, you're fine because you're playing the Ravens, who, again, most likely don't have – Lamar Jackson this next week, and then you play the Browns, and that's just going to be a hard-fought game. But that's a game that you can still win, even if you have Jordan Love playing, because your defense is good enough to slow down that offense. It's not like Baker looked really good yesterday. Right, and then you get the Vikings. Who knows who they are? And then with the Lions, I would assume you're probably not playing your – you're probably not playing Aaron Rodgers against the Lions. Have they sat out? I don't know if LaFleur's let anybody sit the last week. I don't, I don't remember. remember off the top of my head because I mean a lot of coaches have gone to the mindset of like, and we're not giving everyone a week off, right? You because know, if keep we your do, then we come back slow in the playoffs. Yeah, and if they have the number one seed, which they very well could, we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. You don't want to take two weeks off, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's so much up in there with that one. <laughs> Good thing we're not getting paid millions to make that decision. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I would definitely be like, Jordan Love plays, Rogers, go get your surgery. We'll come back ready to go. Well, and then he's like, no, I'm pissed off. I'm not coming back. <laughs> you've offended me, and I'm sitting Like, Bob, you've been here. pissed off the whole time. Just take it out in the playoffs on these other teams, and then you can leave. Be mad yeah. at me, and then we're all holding up a Lombardi. We can be happy. We'll share this memory forever, and we'll move on. But my last matchmaker Monday is going to be the University of Texas and them being back. <laughs> this is it. I'm serious. We talked about it last week. I know I talked about it earlier in the show. You got the offensive lineman. Like that's what it's going. If you're going to transition to the SEC and compete in that conference whatsoever, you have to have offensive line and defensive line. If you're getting those type of recruits right now, while you still have a couple years left in the Big Twelve, you're in a decent position to win that. When you got Oklahoma with their backs against the wall and a new coach who is like, we don't really know how he's going to be in terms of recruiting or leading that university forward. Texas, though, looks like they're good to go. And Steve Sarkeesian is doing things right. It looks great. I'm excited. It's fun. Bijan Robinson, Quinn Ewers, Carson Hudd, whoever's playing quarterback. The new Vince Young, 6'5", 220. I don't even think you told me his name. Doesn't matter. 6'5", 220 is all I need to know. I was I actually, I meant to go look it up. I forgot. But, like, here's the other thing, too, is, like, the defense was, I felt like it was decently young last year. They got another year of experience playing together. They didn't look great. 
Maybe they can put together a full game of football. That would be awesome and super encouraging. <laughs> Two halves would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, would love to uh, see His that. name is Malik Murphy, and he's listed at six four and a half, two hundred and twenty five pounds, four star, out of California. You got a California team coming to Texas? When? Next year. Huh. Yep. So him and Quinn were showing up at the same time. Assuming he is going to sign his letter of intent. Damn. That's uh the recruiting class looks good. It's gonna be pretty nice. The the money will change some things. <laughs> now, change some things real fast. Pun intended, it needs to pay off. <laughs> right. You know, like that's gonna be first and foremost. But right now, the way it's looking, Texas is back. And by your definition of competing in the Big Twelve, winning the Big Twelve. That could happen next year. Dog. <laughs> They're back. Let's go. Yeah, like Oklahoma State, they they're losing a lot of players. They I'm lost looking at a Texas flag right now. I'm about to go buy a pole and just wave that fucker. You know, running down the do streets that. of Joplin. I got the picture. I got a gif of it. Me waving a flag. Uh-huh. It's about to be a Texas one. We're gonna have Might to update have to it. it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, that's it for us today. We thank you guys for joining us, making us part of your Monday. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday, right here at 10 a.m. Central Time. Again, but don't forget about our great sponsor to end the show, Roper Kia. Go in there, mention us. Uh, this is a great time of year. Buy a new car, slap a bow on the top, Christmas morning. Just like every car commercial you've ever seen, make it a reality at Roper Kia and mention us. They'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer 